Welcome to Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. This is a podcast where I have candid conversations with multi-creative people. To celebrate 25 episodes and a full year of Vibrant Visionaries, I've invited on one of my favorite podcast producers on one of my favorite podcast networks, Kevin Bartelt from Earwolf and Midroll and Stitcher. So this whole month actually has ended up being podcasters month. My previous two episodes were conversations with other podcasters and this is the cherry on top of these podcast on podcast conversations. So this one's a little bit more inside baseball. If you're not as familiar with Earwolf as I am, you might be going, who are they talking about? But we only talk about the other hosts and the other engineers and producers and stuff for a little bit sort of peppered through the conversation. So you'll still be able to to follow along. Um, But I just wanted to take a moment to thank everybody for listening so far, to welcome new listeners. And uh, I'm actually going to be on the road later on this year. I'm going to Movies by Minutes Portland and recording Vibrant Visionaries live along with other Movies by Minutes podcasters. So there'll be a link to that event in Portland in the show notes. It's Saturday, August 24th. And then later on this year, I'm going to be at She Podcasts live. This is going to be a conference in Atlanta in October. I'm going to be speaking on a panel about pod fading aka burning out while podcasting. So I'm going to be sharing a lot of tips that I have learned as a compassion teacher and podcaster, and I'm really looking forward to being on that panel. So there'll be a link to that too. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Vibrant Visionaries with Heidi Bennett. Today I am following through on Podcaster Month with somebody who is part of the Earwolf Network in a bunch of different ways, and I'll let him tell us all about his latest project. Welcome, Kevin Bartelt. Hi, thank you so much. I was going to jump in and tell you how to correctly pronounce my last name, but you did it on the first (laughs) try, so... I'm already in a good mood. Well, yeah, I actually was introduced to you through one of my favorite podcasts that you used to be fairly regular on, which was Who Charted. I think uh, Howard Kramer has a way of getting into your brain and the way he pronounces things. So yes, almost hear it as Bartelt in his certain lilt. <laughs> of course, punching the, the last T. Yeah. He is a master of language and... Man, he would hate he would hate hearing this too, like breaking down what makes him funny. But I think everyone just kind of talks the same, you know, and I think it's really fun that he pops the ends of peas and stuff like that and like Bartelt and he punches up language in a way that's very entertaining. And yeah, for your listeners, if you haven't heard who charted, uh listen to Howard and he is a atypical stand up and podcaster yeah for many reasons and that's one of my favorites he's also one of my favorites Uh, i really love his certain special brand of comedy and just the way he looks at the world and uh, really a big fan of his and and yeah so let's talk a little bit about your new project which is why you're here talking with me today but also let's weave in i'd love to hear how the engineers and producers of earwolf have started becoming you know co-hosts of <laughs> already established podcasts mm-hmm. and then bursting out with their own projects any of that stuff you want to share i want to hear it all 
Absolutely. Yes, that is a question uh, my boss asks himself every day is, how do the employees keep ending up on mic? <laughs> um, I think part of it is uh, the engineers record in the room uh, with the talent. There was no booth where the engineers were separated. And I think in comedy in particular, in improv and stand-up, the, um, the hosts like to kind of use everyone more some than others. I think that was how I became part of uh, a different show, Hollywood Handbook, um, that I now produce. I would take the photos in studio and the hosts would kind of poke fun at me for taking photos and just being like, this guy's a total creep. You know, he takes all these photos, but we only see one or two of them. Like, what's he doing with the other photos? Incorporating me on mic with like the ads that they were recording to being a like recurring part of the show to then like working on it. Um, I'd say that's not very normal and I got very lucky in that regard. Yeah, to answer your question, the engineers normally are in the room uh, with the talent, with the host and the guests. And I think sometimes, you know, I imagine the host probably feel more comfortable with the engineers than they do some of the guests that they're meeting for the first time you know, trying to get them involved in the conversation or ask, you know, what their take, what their opinion is on, you know, the music charts, the movies charts, or just some random improv bit that would be funny to incorporate, you know, um, one of the employees here who's not normally on mic. Yeah. Yeah, like I have noticed on uh, the many episodes of How Did This Get Made that mm -hmm. when people call in to ask Paul sheer questions, now he ropes in whoever else is in the room to try to get answers. Sure. Now Sam Kiefer, who is most oftentimes over with Aaron and Brian mm -hmm. on um, Throwing, Throwing shade. shade, I remember that he was on some earlier episodes of who charted mm -hmm. something about the chemistry with Aaron and Brian, you know, he's been brought in and it's been so fun to hear him and follow him on Instagram and, mm -hmm. and hear his stories. And, and he's just super funny and natural behind the mic too, when, when he gets in there. So it's been great. And especially I think one of my favorite who charted episodes was after Kulop left. And I was so curious to hear how Howard was going to, you know, transition into either getting a new co-host or, you know, what the new dynamics were going to be and when you all um him and uh you and brett starred morris all ended up doing the <laughs> <laughs> going through the five stages of grief yes and doing that as the countdown it was so hilarious but also very moving you know it was wonderful another wonderful howard kramer idea <laughs> <laughs> Such a great idea. And I really enjoyed hearing how he's, uh, you know, hearing him sort of step up a little bit. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, really own own leadership in that podcast after she left. But enough about Howard. Let's get back <laughs> to you. So, <laughs> yeah, what's, what's your history? How did you get started in this whole thing? And then what's this new podcast? So I started at Earwolf almost four years ago, I think, um, as an intern for Matt Besser's podcast, Improv for Humans. Um, I was a fan of the show and Earwolf in college, and I went to 
school called Northern Illinois University in a small town called DeKalb. It's about an hour and a half west of Chicago. It's kind of like a farmland full of crops and corn. I got very into comedy um, through the speech and debate team that I was on because there was a category called after dinner speaking, which was basically comedic persuasive speeches. The people, the performers there were taking classes at Second City, Improv Olympic, and then they were also recommending these different podcasts to me because they were all big comedy fans. So in college, I got into Earwolf pretty obsessively. I was so fascinated by it because I feel like growing up, comedy was just kind of this absurd thing. I still kind of hard to, to grasp it. I, just no one really, no one really got into comedy. And so when I discovered these podcasts, it was so exciting to me. And then when I graduated, I, I wanted to maybe get my master's in screenwriting so I could, if I were to move to LA, I would have a lot more experience, you know, hopefully becoming like a comedy TV writer, a sitcom writer, or if that didn't pan out, just moving straight to LA. So I graduated uh, a semester early, which actually made it kind of difficult because a lot of like MFA and screenwriting programs don't start until the fall. Uh, so I applied to a bunch of programs and they were mostly like, uh, sorry, you'd have to wait basically like nine months to start the next program. And I just told my parents like, I don't want to do that. I'm ready to move to LA. And so I graduated and I think four or five weeks later, I moved to LA, had a few like odd jobs um, as like a production assistant for an MTV show and worked as a page at NBC. Um, those are, I guess, more quote unquote, like traditional entertainment jobs. But I also was a fourth grade private school teacher at a Korean school and then worked at a retirement center teaching like activities. But then I also had a podcast class, which was very entertaining. Were you teaching a podcast class? Uh, basically every week it was like Groundhog's Day where I was just explaining this is what a podcast is. And then next Wednesday <laughs> they'd be like, so what is this podcast you speak of? And then I would like re, I would try to like do something new every class, but it no one could, could grasp it. But the cool thing was after like a month or so, a few people were like, some residents would yell at other residents, he already said that, don't ask, you know, like kind of calling each other out. It was pretty heated. But the fun thing was that like one of the residents in particular, her granddaughter had a podcast. And I remember like showing her how to download a podcast and her face discovering that she can listen to her granddaughter now every week. And she was so excited. And I was really excited too, just watching it. And kind of just, again, validated why I like this medium so much that like, although some say like, oh man, I don't understand it. You know, more and more people obviously are listening to it. It's becoming a more comfortable medium for people to use. Really, I really like the idea that you know, your relatives around the world can listen to, or family members or complete strangers can uh, listen to this very personal thing that you're doing. Um, so as I was doing those jobs, uh, teaching at the Korean school, working at the retirement center, and then at NBC, I was slowly interning at Earwolf. I was taking a class at UCB. I recognized one of the interns um, from like videos that he had on YouTube. And just walked right up to him and said, I love Improv for Humans. I would love to intern on the show if that's possible. And he said, yeah, absolutely. Send me your email. I'll send it to Besser. 
And then I got an email a few days later from him saying, Bezer wants to have you on and like interview you on the episode, um, which was <laughs> nice. cool and horrifying at the same time. But <laughs> it was very fun. And I think it was like a good precedent at Earwolf, you know, like, can you take a joke or will you be offended by people like, I don't want to say laughing at your expense because that makes it feel like bullying, but like, hey, we're going to like have fun with your resume and then like do improv off right. of like the questions we ask you. And again, like if you have an appreciation for comedy, that's something where you're like, yeah, that sounds great. I love to laugh, you know, and I think it's funny. So uh, let's do it. And it went really well. And I think it was a good like first Earwolf experience um, because, you know, like with Who Charted or like Hollywood Handbook, How Did This Get Made, Comedy Bang Bang, you kind of get poked fun at. And if you can't take it very well, it's a very, working in comedy will be a very difficult job for you. Again, not that that's like a huge part of it. It's just like you're getting bullied all the time. I don't want it to sound like that. But it was a cool experience of like, oh, these people, like what you were saying at the beginning, um, how are these engineers and producers like always on mic? Like literally my first experience was being on mic. The interview stage <laughs> like was on mic. I haven't listened to every single show on Earwolf. Sure. Me neither. I shouldn't say that. I'm definitely familiar with, you know, Comedy Bang Bang and Besser and all that stuff. And that, mm -hmm. yeah, that there's a good-natured ribbing that happens, but the overall tone of generally of the podcast is still like a warmth and the improv and the fun of playing off of each other. Exactly. Still, there's a positive, uplifting part of the whole kind of vibe of the whole place in general. But it is important, I think, to jump into that deep end and say, oh, well, is he going to swim? And the pressure is only, can you take a joke? Can you take somebody poking at you and making fun of you? Like, that is a great way to interview somebody if they're going to be with you there. And also that they get the tone. Mm -hmm. Besser's a certain specific type of dude. 100%. And I can imagine he's just you know, getting a feel for you. Is this a person who I'm going to enjoy spending time with because he gets what I'm all about? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think those early stages where you're kind of, they're figuring you out, you're figuring them out are super important. And I feel like I hit it off with everyone. And then also taking classes at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater and going to shows there all the time. In college, listening to those podcasts, I went in uh, knowing what to expect. You know, I wasn't surprised when like this happened or that happened. And so, yeah, I think just like projects in general and just careers, hobbies, the more research you do, obviously the better. And I remember Besser saying like five years ago, he used to do, he doesn't do as much anymore, I don't think, but he would do these episodes that were essentially like AMA, people would submit questions and he would answer. And then I remember him saying, you can hold your wings or you can fly, basically. Um, and not hold your wings, but something along the lines of like, you can be researching and practicing and, um, or like growing your wings. You can grow your wings or you can fly. And like, if you're in that growing stage, which I felt like I was, and a lot of people are in, you know, college or right out of college, I was much more focused on the studying aspects, the listening to all the podcasts, going to all the improv shows, going to stand up shows, watching the UCB show, you know, the TV show, as many like comedy movies, basically like important culture and 
consuming all of that and then transitioning into like, okay, now I'm ready to like take classes and like try my own podcast and perform on stage, start a sketch team with my friends. And I guess, you know, that's a good transition in, into my current project, which is starting my own podcast. I'm doing it with my friend Yusong Lu, who produces uh, another really super funny uh, podcast called The Doughboys with uh, Nick Weiger and Mike Mitchell, and they mm-hmm. uh, basically review fast food uh, chain restaurants around the U.S. and it's super funny. And Yusong is great on it. He's another great example of someone who did not start trying to be on Mike at all and then became like a part of the show. Definitely a recurring part of the show. Mm-hmm. And so him and I both were in these like weird situations where. We were both on mic, quote unquote, personalities, but not every episode. And when we were on, it was for like two minutes. You know, it wasn't like an hour and a half of us. But for the most part, you could hear us, you know, a few times a month on the show. And then, uh, you know, again, back to like what Bezer's advice about like, are you researching right now or are you performing? When I started here, I still kind of felt like I don't want to have a podcast I don't feel like skilled enough. And even after working here for four years, still didn't really feel that way. Like, no, I'm not skilled enough to have a podcast Um, just because I'm a producer of them and often edit or engineer as well. That doesn't mean that I should have one. And then I started talking to Yusong. We really hit it off. You know, we are debuting our own podcast July 22nd. Awesome. And what is that podcast called? It's called Maybe Don't. <laughs> it's a uh, comedy, you know, variety show. This is such a funny, it's my first time like describing it to someone on mic and I truly still have no idea what the show's about. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, basically we joke that it's like an opening and closing segment, um, which means nothing, right? There's no, ever, you could argue 90% of shows have an opening and some sort of closing. We attempted... I think the pilot 10 times. Uh, We met like over a year ago, basically said like, dude, we should do a podcast. And, you know, started emailing all the time, getting coffee all the time, coming up with all these different ideas, attempting them, and then it really not working at all for a lot of reasons. (laughs) Uh, Part of it was (laughs) we didn't know each other. I knew that he was the producer of the Doughboys podcast and he knew me as like the producer of Hollywood Handbook. And we were kind of like, we should, as these two similar shows and being two in similar situations, it would make sense for us to have a podcast. So we met, started brainstorming, came up, came up with ideas, and it just kind of like bombed. Part of it was we didn't know each other at all. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I learned was if you're going to have a show with a co-host, you know, like Howard and Kulop, you have to have a, a great dynamic. Um, Because if you're doing something with someone you kind of know, let alone a complete stranger, it's like a bad first date. (laughs) You know, one one idea that we tried, which I still really like, was it was like a semi-scripted podcast where we're blackmailed into a bank robbery. Um, So we were going to like have people on to kind of play like different people. And then we're, you know, the straight men being forced into this crazy situation. But what was like more memorable to me was him and I like bonding and becoming friends and 
kind of just like opening up about <laughs> like life insecurities and like struggles that we're going through. And the podcast continued to tank, like, <laughs> uh, but we were having more fun. I had such mixed feelings about it. I'm sure he did too. Cause it was like, God, this, this is so annoying. Like we are creatively just not clicking. The ideas are way too difficult for us as people that a don't know each other and B aren't podcast hosts. Um, he, to be fair, has had a show before nothing where it was like, okay, let's spend months and months prepping this ridiculous idea. But we started like hanging out, uh, going to his place, playing video games, him coming over and like us having like tea and coffee, going out to drinks, you know, talking about like our family members and our dating lives. And basically we stopped the show for like eight months and just became friends. Um, and I'm so happy we did that. Even if we didn't do the podcast, I, I wouldn't have like bothered me because I was just like, oh, I'm getting this valuable friendship out of this, which is meaningful. And I really enjoy hanging out with him. So then a few months ago, one of my coworkers asked me like, oh, whatever happened to that show with you song? And I was like, nothing really happened. And, you know, shout out to my uh, coworker, Cody Ziegler, just gave me this very inspiring speech, just like saying, you work so hard and he works so hard and you guys are great together. Like you absolutely should do that show. And really just gave me like, a complete second wind and I immediately texted him and was like hey man like at this point we were just hanging out you know like all the time mm -hmm. I was like do you want to try that show again just something completely different you know doesn't have to be some high concept bank robbery <laughs> like it'd be just us you know and he was like yeah absolutely let's do it again so a few weeks later he you know he came to the Earwolf studio and, and we just uh, basically had these like kind of weird ideas of short sketches He's a musician and he's a gr very talented uh, piano player and he brought his keyboard and explains on mic. He's like, I have a recital. I'm playing violin in this really cool show um, and I want to play some of it. And I didn't really know what to do. Like, I was like, do I just sit here and watch or so then I said, like, I found a really weird grocery list from like a few years ago. How about I read that over your performance? <laughs> and he laughed and was like, great, let's do it. So, like, that was part of the show, like, just a few minutes of him playing beautiful stuff where I'm, like, hummus, black bean dip, <laughs> and um, just having a blast. Segments like that where we're talking a lot in the pilot about the journey of this show and, like, what we're trying to do and figuring it out. I think my favorite part of the show, which I don't think is the funniest part of the episode, but it was the funniest part to me, he says on Mike, like, should we talk about being podcast producers and like what that entails? Like maybe the pros and cons of being a podcast producer. And I don't know if that's a good idea. Like, I think that might be like boring if we're just listing off the pros and cons. So then I pitch like, what if we talk about the pros and cons of doing that? Here are the cons of us talking about that. Here are the pros of us talking about that. And he on Mike does not want to do that. <laughs> It was so fun to me because I can tell he just wants to move forward and just actually do the, the segment. And I, and I had so much fun being like, here's another con of if we do that as a segment. <laughs> it's a lot of like meta stuff like that where we're, he's trying to do a segment and then I'm trying to discuss the pros and cons of doing the pros and cons segment. It's very weird and goofy and I feel like I'm like giggling a lot during it which is uh feels funny and odd 
it was just such a fun experience and we're yeah we're, we're in the early stages like as of this recording we've only recorded two episodes we're gonna record another one on friday but like over the last year we've done like a dozen together but what i learned was like i've hung out with this guy like countless times now you know i view him as like a friend first which i think is so important if you want to do a podcast where you're talking about personal stuff it like I said earlier, just feels so awkward trying to do some sort of like artistic endeavor with a person you're not very close with and you don't know that much about. Yeah, it's so interesting because so the previous episode that I am releasing just before yours is with two cartoonists who've known each other forever and have a podcast. It's called Scene by Scene with Josh and Dean, and they are covering the film American Splendor. They were also a part of getting that film made. Mm -hmm. The two of them grew up together and have this great rapport and they've collaborated in uh, other storytelling mediums and cartooning and such. Cool. So a lot of our podcast episode, we were talking about that rapport. But then I also mentioned my first podcast project, which was with a total stranger, which was Spinal Tap Minute. Uh, yeah. And uh, we met through Twitter and through Star Wars Minute. And then we decided to do that together and how that had a fun, weird dynamic because mm -hmm. we didn't know each other. <laughs> yeah. And because we had different sense of humor. And so we just sort of had to learn and stumble. And yeah, Brett, Brett was nice enough to be on a few episodes of that. So awesome. It was really fun. There's so many different ways to have those dynamics work or not work or like what I'm excited about with the two of you guys is that it seems like you're just going to discover so much about your own brand of how you tell stories or do improv and you know that we're going to get to know your personalities as well and your friendship and all that. So it sounds really fun and interesting. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about it. I think I'm putting in the description like breathtaking interviews, parentheses of each other, <laughs> like captivating character studies of each other. It's just so much easier now that we actually know each other. But I think, you know, in the last year when we were trying other ideas, there was no spinal tap. There was no common interest that we knew about. We were literally just right. two strangers pitching strange ideas to each other. <laughs> but now I feel so much better. Like I feel relieved because we're doing this idea that is that is our common interest of like I'm very fascinated in him and I really like comedy and like I feel very comfortable being on mic and performing now I feel he feels the same way we did a weird photo shoot yesterday that was really fun and my friend took photos of us in my backyard and then yeah it's just very fascinating like I've just uh, as a podcast employee everything I've done has been professional as a literally as an employee here so it's cool um as a host it's not something i'm familiar with and i've seen you know howard and kulop uh sean and hayes like obviously sheer june and manzukis go to all these parties together and like events together sporting events you know scott pft and lauren like went to hawaii together last year for like 10 days for Fourth of July and Scott's birthday, and uh, they're going to go on tour again soon. And it's just so fascinating to me. Like, oh, yeah, the personal side of it is important, like or just the chemistry, rather, maybe not the personal side of it. But just if you feel comfortable um, with the person you're working with, 
that is a game changer. You know, it, it makes it like that cliche of like, it doesn't feel like work. It does. It doesn't feel like work when it's when you're with like your friends, you know? Yeah. And I think the other thing that I'm hearing from you, too, is that and I've experienced this being a podcast listener and now a producer, host, editor, etc., is that you are gaining a family that you can kind of call your own. Like mm-hmm. if you follow any of those folks on Instagram, you kind of go, oh, that is, that's cool, man. Those guys are off in Hawaii or, oh, they're going and doing this. And yeah. and it is fun. But it, kind of to go back to what you're talking about with Besser is, and, and the analogy, um, whatever words you use, like kind of going from incubating on something and observing and researching mm-hmm. to starting to go out, you know, flap your wings and get out of that nest is that now... You and Yusong get to start to build what your podcast is and however it evolves and changes. Mm -hmm. And that's your own little baby and your own little family that you're going to be growing with your listeners. And yeah, like all of a sudden we're going to have two podcast kids. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, totally. Yeah. These other folks are your peers, but have also been your sort of mentors, I would imagine, Mm -hmm. in certain ways. And now you're getting to play around and create your thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's 100 percent what it is, is that this is the first it really feels like the first project that is like my thing, Uh, because like, as you know, with producing and I can, you know, uh, describe it a little more clearly, it really is helping create someone else's work, uh, making it as close to their dream as they imagined it. And you're doing everything you can to help make the show as popular, as entertaining, as funny, as captivating as possible. A huge part of that is just fully understanding the host, even if they're not, you know, spelling it out to you, like, these are my goals, these are my intentions. The longer you work with someone, the more you know what they want and what they look for and what they don't look for. And so, yeah, it's just been such a fascinating year for myself because it really is like the first time where it's like, oh, this is my thing. It's it's frankly just very exciting. Yeah, I totally understand. When I got into doing this podcast myself, I felt the same way. The last two, I had co-hosts and we kind of shared duties and, you know, it was they were both around a theme. So one was for Spinal Tap, one for was for The Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to get into having these kind of conversations about creative process and how we get where we are and, and yeah, how long a project like this can take. Sometimes it just takes a while for you to figure figure out what it's going to be and who you want to do it with. But I am absolutely in love with podcasting and really happy to have my stamp on this one. And then, you know, maybe collaborate with some other people in the future on other podcasts. Because once you get going, I think it's really hard. (laughs) It's kind of like in the olden days, it used to be once you, you know, got a tattoo, then you couldn't stop getting more. And I feel like with podcasts, it's the same way. (laughs) I absolutely agree that's very well said um and yeah and i think like what you're saying too what i'm learning is uh working with another person is very valuable to me i think sometimes i struggle with uh being like independent like independently motivated and working with other people like hold you accountable as fun as working with like your friend can be they also 
not not uh, bluntly, but you feel kind of a pressure in a healthy way to be like, okay, if he's, you know, working on this social media stuff, like I need to make sure that I have my edits in on time so that, you know, this person doesn't feel like they're doing all the work. And I think it helps kind of keep it everything in check of like, you know, how are we feeling? It's so much harder, I think, to do like if like a person that just does everything solo, I think would be would be very difficult. Like I play some music and when I was playing in a band, I felt like we got so much more done than when I was trying to do stuff by myself. But I think that's like maybe like a flaw that I have is it's so much harder for me to stay motivated when I don't feel the pressure of another person being like, Hey, what are you doing? Uh, like a great example of that is I've been struggling going to, I just joined a gym like six months ago and I'm like so bad at it. <laughs> and I got a personal trainer and that was partly to like also like another person to hold me accountable. But right. literally that I want to quit like every week. Like I show up and I'm like, oh God, you remember my name? And he's probably like, yeah, because I see you every week for, for like <laughs> half a year now. But he holds me accountable. And I truly, I don't go to the gym outside of that 25 minute session, which is very stupid um, because if I want to like actually you know, uh, gain any sort of muscle, I need to go then more than literally 25 minutes a week. (laughs) So what I just started doing as of literally last night, my girlfriend was like, Hey, I want to join that gym too. Like, let's start going together. I think both of us would start going to the gym more if, you know, we were probably going together. It'll probably be more fun too. The other thing I do besides podcasting is I coach multi-creative people. Mm -hmm. One of the things we do is I try to remind people, well, actually, the thing that you're talking about, like finding a buddy and finding ways to be held accountable. I mean, that's how most people get things done. So, yeah, I mean, that's how gyms make the bulk of their money in January, because so many people pay into a year's membership Mm -hmm. and then most of those people do not show up. So it's really quite normal. Mm -hmm. To, to Good. <laughs> you know, to go that route and then to yeah. at least say, okay, I know I'm going to at least show up and talk with this personal trainer and work with them for the 20 minutes because I'm paying for it. They're expecting me. There's just some sort of accountability there or maybe a little embarrassment even in not showing up. Mm-hmm. But to find a way to do things with friends, whether it's podcasting, whether it's doing something physical to gain, you know, muscles or whatever your goals are, mm-hmm. to do something that's fun. You know, you said like, oh, well, if I do it with my girlfriend, it'll be more fun. And yeah, I mean, who wants to go do it when it's just a fucking grind? Absolutely. It just feels like homework. We don't need to torture ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) Let's do it in a fun way. And I think also like I coach a lot of people in groups because people who are running their own creative businesses here in the Bay Area, Mm -hmm. just meeting up like say once a week to talk about how your business is going or maybe you're trying like a new marketing plan or you're going to start hiring on employees for the first time or whatever is just getting together with a group regularly to kind of check in, talk about your goals and things or things that went wrong or if you have questions. It just feels better to have a community of creative weirdo people that you can check in with and talk about it. I mean, I also feel like that's part of a huge part of why I love listening to podcasts and why I loved starting listening to them when I 
was starting my creative business is mm-hmm. I was spending so many hours by myself at home, like working on my website or, you know, working on whatever, you know, it, it was felt really isolating. And when I tune in and hear Paul, Jason and June all laughing and then, you know, learning more about Jason being allergic to eggs and yeah. you start to feel like, oh, yeah, Manzukis isn't my coworker, but at least I feel like, oh, I'm getting to know this dude and he's funny and interesting, but I'm also finding out the things that make these people vulnerable or things that scare them. Like there is all in all this sense of camaraderie helps us. Uh, we're not doing things in a bubble. It's more fun to do them with, with friends. Absolutely. And I think that's what was interesting to me. And I think uh, like a difficult thing about like moving to LA by myself, like one way ticket. My dad and I fly out and then like two days later, he's like, bye. And I'm like, okay, I don't know anyone. (laughs) I I don't have a job. I'm literally just like showing up and like applying to stuff blindly. And I have this internship at some shady like TV writer place that I like shortly quit because it was run kind of insane and people were very like mean there. And then two days after I bought a car, it died. And then I was staying at like an extended stay and then it got like crazy bed bugs and it, and then it rained that day. And it was just all these experiences of like, and that was my first two weeks. I think a lot of that was like the first week. So then I think I like moved to LA kind of with this headspace of like, oh, everything I have to do is will be by myself. I'm not experiencing any of these hard things with people. And I think maybe I thought it was like admirable or like impressive that no one was like helping me with any of this stuff. But then as I, and then I like probably took that artistically as well and was like writing by myself. And then I started doing like stand up, like not a lot, but a few times. And like a solo performing act. And then I started taking classes at Upright Citizens Brigade. And then that was my first time like collaborating with people in LA. And then I was like, oh, this is way more enjoyable. Creating with a group of people is just very fun. Finding it all together is like cathartic, really. So it was kind of a like transitional stage for me, just like assuming like moving here by myself having all these difficult experiences by myself and then slowly transitioning to like working with people, having like uh, fun, satisfying things in our creative endeavors together. And then this podcast with you song, it's been like a natural fun progression of like, like exactly what you're saying of it's very like common to want to work with people, to work out with people, to work with people, you know, to hang out with a group of people. Yeah. And it's just more fun. You feel less lonely. And it's how, I mean, historically people were, you know, in tribes and communities and things. Mm -hmm. So over time between technology and the way that uh, things have spread out as far as where we all live and how long it takes to drive somewhere or whatever like we just get more isolated or like what you mentioned it's true that people feel like oh well to really be impressive or whatever i need to be this like lone genius and sequester myself off to write the great american novel or or whatever it is or yeah. or feel embarrassed to ask for help or all these things that that just are not necessary, where a huge amount of wonderful creatives out there, they've found their tribe and found their people that 
help them stretch and grow, become funnier, be more creative. You know, like that's the other thing is you're just bouncing off each other and um, learning from each other. And, and yeah, and just feeling like happy at the end yeah. of the day. <laughs> like it just, oh, I'm going to bed feeling warm and happy and satisfied that I got to be creative and laugh and just have a good time and, and create weird, unexpected <laughs> things. Yeah. And then also like learning for myself, it was more enjoyable feeling that high of happiness with like a group of people than it was like, oh, I did that great thing. And then just turning off my lamplight in my little like hotel by myself and being like, good night, me. And then just like going to bed. <laughs> right. <laughs> High five. Yeah, keep it up, bud. <laughs> Tomorrow I might make a friend. We'll see. And then, like, going to bed. And then now, like, having, like, people to share successes and failures with is, I don't know. If listeners are trying to get anything out of this, just make a friend and try to do stuff with them. Yeah. And it's cool to be vulnerable with them, like you said. I'm sure with, with you guys, you had, like you said, you had months and months of working and failing and getting frustrated i'm sure at certain points like you said just mm -hmm. figuring it out but the ultimate thing is that you're just trying stumbling getting to know each other and then just whatever came out of it whether you end up doing a podcast or not it's just part of the, the creative process and it's always kind of messy i couldn't agree more and i think that's what was so fun about you song was like Kind of just stopped caring about the creative process and just started, like, caring about each other sounds very, like, like a rom-com. But it really was, like, we were enjoying our interactions more than the process. And I guess, like, like you're saying, which is very true, like, that is part of the process, you know? Totally. So, okay, so the other question I wanted to ask you, and you touched on it a little bit earlier when you are talking about producing for other people. Mm -hmm. I'm really curious about the difference, and maybe it's specific to Earwolf and the difference there, but sure. the difference between an engineer and a producer. And then the second question I would love to know the answer to is how you go about producing a podcast with somebody, you know, with the hosts, the creatives, the people that are bringing a concept. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. And, and I'll say really quick, I think... The whole irony of my podcast with you song was like he very well said in a single sentence, which I should write down and start saying myself, like we are two podcast producers who could not produce our own podcast. <laughs> um, I love it. And it's unfortunately was very true. <laughs> but for, yeah, podcast producing for and the difference between like engineers and, and producers here is our engineers come from a more audio background. They're like highly skilled in pro tools and recording both in a studio, but a lot of them have like live audio experience. They spend a lot of probably more of their time editing the audio than recording, but I'd say on average a session here is about two hours. Um, so they're recording it, making sure all the levels sound good. Everyone is sounding good across the board. They will, you know, head home and then the host will send them notes with time codes, like cut out, you know, minute two to minute uh, four and a half, cut this, cut that, blah, blah, blah. So then the engineers will make those edits and then put in the ads for the episode. They'll insert those in certain places. It's different depending on the recordings for us. I don't know how much 
behind the curtain I should reveal, but like we have our plugins that basically master all the audio are running through the session live so that they don't have to worry about mastering it. It's basically there's like the raw dialogue and then the mastered audio. But like for probably other networks or independent podcasters that are interested in engineering, mastering is a very important part of it. You're trying to make the audio go from sounding uh, exactly how you're hearing it to essentially a, a higher quality. And I think that's what makes the engineers very valuable for many reasons, what makes them valuable. One of the things is they really put the polish on our audio that makes it sound like it truly like an earwolf show, which Scott Ackerman helped shape and mold in the early days um, with early conversations with Brett and the engineers before him saying that he wanted the audio to sound a certain way. And it's always very enjoyable seeing in comment sections or people saying like, oh man, I love the Earwolf sound. It's very high quality and this is inappropriate. I shouldn't brag about this, but I also like when people complain about audio on other podcasts. Oh yeah. Don't get me started. It's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. When people are like, oh man, this Earwolf host was on that show and it sounded bad. It's like, well, yeah, they don't have the engineers that we have that truly spend hours and hours and hours making the audio sound really, really exceptional. Um, so that's what the engineers are more focused on the actual audio and the producers here are more focused on the content of the show um, and more of the production of the show. So they're more in the early conversations like the pitch with the host, creating the idea, you know, from basically from like pitch to pilot and then producing it from there to, you know, the end of the show, essentially. Uh, however, a cool thing about Earwolf recently, and I'll credit my, my boss, Colin Anderson, for this, really wanted the producers to know how to record and how to engineer. And similarly, like this kind of what we were chatting about earlier is now, and also engineers are learning how to produce. And I think there was, in the early Earwolf stages, there were no producers when there were producers, they often didn't come from a engineering background. So there was kind of a very strong line between the, the engineers record and edit and the producers work with the host and the production of the show. But now I'm like very happy to say that engineers are becoming very like well-equipped producers. Like Sam's producing a new show that's coming out pretty soon and he's doing a great job with it. And producers here are learning how to record and edit and um, master. Like I just learned how to master audio last week. I'm so happy. I was telling everyone about it and they were like, good for you, man. <laughs> no one really cared. <laughs> uh, like, great, buddy. Uh, you can leave me alone now. Um, but for me, like I know that that's such an important part of our shows. And so learning how to do it from scratch was really exciting to me. Yeah. And then I guess to dive more into like producing uh, what I focus on is is like the premises of this show. So I'll I'll talk to hosts about you know the guest basically like who's the dream guest for this year, and we'll come up with like 50 names and then we reach out to our booker and try to get as many of those as possible and then we come up with uh, you know and obviously this is show dependent it changes for each show. Mm -hmm. pitching like ideas like what if we do this thing with this guest or what if we do um, an episode with no guest but we do this crazy format you know I, I think it's really important for 
shows to switch up formats and to do atypical like format breaking episodes i think are memorable um and very fun Mm-hmm. A huge part of my job is that. And then I also am part of the like big picture conversations of what do we want the future of the show to look like? What do we want the future of the network to look like? And what are steps that we can take to get there? And then what else? I, another, another thing that's important for me that I think a lot about is the marketing and the promotional aspect of the show. I try to like also come at it from like a business perspective of are we doing a good job with PR? Like are people writing and talking about the show or like nothing is more frustrating to me than spending a lot of time on a podcast that like no one listens to, especially if it's like objectively really good and you're very proud of it. It's frustrating when you see like how, how did no one talk about this? And so I think like that's an important conversation for producers to have and to have with their hosts, to have with uh, even like the engineers, like what are their ideas? Like they're in all the recordings, you know, they also know the show very well. And this comes back to what we were talking about earlier. What I think helped me a lot as a producer was trying to use all of the team as possible. So Earwolf has an office in LA, but they also have like a lot of people in New York. There's a Stitcher team. They're up uh, in Northern California. Oh, cool. And then just trying to figure out, you know, how can I work with this marketing guy who lives in Brooklyn who I don't know anything about, but I know he's a marketing whiz and can really help grow this show. And so like having a Skype meeting with him, talking with him for two hours and um, talking to like uh, someone on the Stitcher team in San Francisco, seeing like what her thoughts are on like the app and how the app's doing and what makes a show do really well on an app. That's very fascinating to me. And so I think the producer where like the engineer is very focused on the audio and making sure that the listener is getting the best audio experience. I think the producer is trying to like, how can I incorporate the marketing team, the sales team, my own production ideas? The the emphasis is on production. The company is very big, you know, how can I use as many of the resources as possible? That is so cool. And it sounds, these are things I'm super interested in myself too. I know we're just meeting today, but like mm-hmm. I produce this podcast. I edit this podcast. I I, yeah. I um, market the podcast. You know, I do everything. My husband set up the website for me and he helped me kind of learn a little bit about editing in the beginning. I have always been fascinated with how to, you know, market and be compelling and not just be saying, here's another episode. Yeah. Here's another episode, you know. Oh, 100%. And I also love the, you know, you're just wearing many different hats and sort of looking at the whole scope of the, the podcast and uh, and the network and everything. It's not just one little thing you're you're doing a lot of different things and thank you so much for explaining all that i think it's really fascinating no thank you i I love i love chatting about it and it's fortunately i don't think any of the producers here have this issue but i've met producers where they're just focused on one thing and it kind of shows unfortunately like you it's frustrating listening to a great podcast that you can tell like should be way more popular and i think the the producers can change that that's that's why i really like this job is it's like the the most fun challenge to me because it's i love all the stuff i work on it is so hard working and i haven't had this experience but like it's really difficult trying to sell something you don't care about and 
that's when it started to change for me is like um, for the last few years, I've just been able to work on everything that I really enjoy. And so that's made it easy is like I want these shows to do well. I'm also a fan of these shows, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. If you're not a fan of the podcast, you shouldn't work on the podcast. Yeah. And I mean, there's just so much more momentum behind what you're doing when you're collaborating with everybody and you're flexing all these different skills and learning Mm -hmm. new things and meeting so many different awesome guests. And also because there's such a strong base of improv here is that you're going to be able to throw out a lot of different, pitch a lot of different ideas and get Mm -hmm. some great feedback from people and and they would let you throw out anything yeah and you know like the number one rule of improv is yes and and i think all of these hosts take ideas with that mentality like very rarely is someone like no i don't want it that sounds lame even with an idea that they don't like often what happens is they and, and again this comes back to knowing knowing your host right and so like pitching them an idea that feels like it's in their ballpark If they love it, awesome. If they don't, a lot of times they'll say like, what if we did this? I like where you're going with this, but what if we, instead of it being, I'll use like a literal example, um, what if instead of doing an episode about us writing a commencement speech, we are Mayor Pete's um, speech writers, but we thought it was Pete Holmes and um, (laughs) we wrote a speech for crashing instead. (laughs) And that was so fun because I was like, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. That's like a fun example of like you pitch an idea, a host collaborates with you, and then you come up with a great product. Super cool. Well, before we wrap up, thanks again so much for taking the time to hang out with me. And um, we'll definitely be sharing a link to your new podcast. But why don't you go ahead and let a rip, let people know where they can find you, where they can find the podcast and um, anything else you want to share. Sure. Um, thanks again so much. I'm at on Instagram, Kev, K-E-V Bartelt, B-A-R-T-E-L-T, and then Kevin J. Bartelt on Twitter. And the show is called Maybe Don't. Uh, it has a black backdrop on the album art and Maybe Don't is in yellow font. And I know that because we just approved the art like an hour ago. Um, I'm very happy about it. Uh, yeah, and check that out and follow you song as well. Uh, Y-U-S-O-N-G-L-I-U, Yusong Liu. Uh, he's really popular on Twitch too, like video game streaming. He's very funny. I just watch his videos when I'm at work and then I get embarrassed because I spend like an hour and a half watching his stuff when I should be actually producing podcast but yeah thanks again so much yeah my pleasure everybody you can find me at i almost said spinal tap minute (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you can find me you can find me and all the other podcasts at vibrantvisionaries.com on twitter i'm i'm at vibrantvizcast on instagram i'm at vibrantvisionaries and you can also find more about my coaching at heidibennett.com all right see everybody next time ciao 